2: The reason I know that the weather is so bad and lazy is I'm just off a call with Aaron Harvey, uh oh, who, who says hello. Um we were just going through uh the slaver weapon. So I was just get, I was getting my Kazinti oh, on. Oh
1: cool. Oh nice. Uh,
2: so uh so yeah, expect all sorts of Taylor-related questions now in a minute as well. Uh, oh, Taylor the
1: Kazin. Oh, Taylor the Kazinti. Uh yeah, that's uh Aaron. Always catches that stuff. Like, the old TAS stuff. Like, he... Oh, no, they don't... Nobody calls it TAS anymore. They call it something else now. Um, they call it the original animated series, maybe? Like, no. What do they call it? Eh, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway.
2: Um, I, I might actually be out of the loop, because I've, I've fallen into calling it TAS. Um, me too, yeah. I just think it's just, just handier that way. The, like the, only, the only one I struggle with is TOS. I just... I, I just I don't know why I just I've, I, t- no I get TNG DS9 Voyager just and then just Star Trek I don't know why but there's no there's no reason behind that I'm just
1: yeah I get that I mean that's the kind of like classic way to do it I think for me I I think it's fun that there's all those different acronyms for everything and then I remember adding that the uh, the, the the those old scientists joke in like. That was that was in a rewrite at Animatic that I added it in because like we needed a little more description to understand what planet they were on in the in the finale of the first season and I just love that joke so much it's so stupid, um, like w- when it came to the
2: I know I'm jumping ahead like, first of all sorry hi Mike how are you I'm Sean it's lovely to meet you
1: it's nice to meet you too <laughs>
2: I'll just get that out of the way uh, yeah. um, like when when we saw like those old scientists the episode i was just like oh this is just perfect
1: it's cool right yeah i don't yeah. know that. that was oh. their idea too i didn't have to push for that you know calling it that, oh, that i was so tickled oh that
2: i'd see another because that, that was going to say like you know kind of did you look like on a slide that it? no nope, perfect works perfectly i love it oh, so it much.
1: great because like it also those i mean do, do you get are we officially started should i be in like interview mode or how do you want to go
2: uh, I mean, technically, uh, mostly because like when I say needs no introduction, every person watching this knows who you are. Not to sound, <laughs> not, not to make that sound weird or anything like that, but every person watching this knows exactly who you
0: are.
1: Well, that's adorable. I'm very unused to that. Uh, we've, you know, lower decks is like, it's it really does feel like I'm getting away with something because it is like my dream. You know, when I first went in to meet with Secret Hideout. I was like, oh, they're not going to want to make they're not going to let me make a Star Trek show. And I think I was like down on myself for it because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, who would want would I even want to watch a Star Trek show that came from the way that I like to make TV? But then weirdly, you know, start Lower Decks and Solar Opposites. We we sold two season pickups for both of those shows within a couple weeks of each other. And I was running Rick and Morty and then I started running Solar Opposites and then I sold Lower Decks. So I started running Lower Decks and Solar Opposites simultaneously first season, assuming that with the luck of the draw, one of them might not go or one of them might not last. Because like, you know, people sell and create and make pilots for hundreds of shows a year that don't go, you know, and of course, both of them are have, are, are going into their five their fifth season. So I've been working on both of them simultaneously. But if you go back, what's weird about the first season of both of those shows, and especially Lower Decks, is that's my first television show. You know, that's Lower Decks pilot is my first original episode of a show of my own creation that got through the studio system and made it into you know actually being a show. And I wrote that simultaneously with the with the solar opposites pilot. So like when you go back and look at that stuff, that's a guy doing it for the first time on both shows. You know, and like it's wild.
2: I was there because I was looking at the timeline of everything and I was like, no, no, surely this is gonna come way before that, or or Lower Decks has been in the works for so long. It's like Oh, he had a hell of a year.
1: It was Are a you- wild year, and then the pandemic hit right when we premiered mm. both shows. And you know we went and did promo for Lower Decks before it came out, but like, I didn't love the original trailer and we didn't have any art or animation yet to show at like the first Star Trek Vegas we went to um, or the first Comic-Con. And so it just put us in a weird spot because it was like, you know, every Trekkie, including myself, when they announce a the new Star Trek, you're like, all right, well this, how will this betray me? And then eventually <laughs> you get used to it and you like it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and You know, you've seen it with every Star Trek, except for maybe like, you know, a decade after the original series ended and the movie came back. Everybody was pumped for that. But like ever since then, it's like TNG, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise, you know, like every one of them, you go into it being like, oh, how are you going to let me down? This isn't going to be my favorite meal. You know what I mean? And Mm. so this is all just getting back to everybody knowing who I am is weird to me because like. You know, Lower Decks is kind of my first show and I'm really, really proud of it and I love it. But I've only ever been to one convention to be able to promote it because of the pandemic and because of, you know, fatherhood and all these different things. So like it 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 almost feels like it almost feels like I'm making it. I'm also always making it a year before you guys have seen it. So like of course. I'm doing things that I like, I'm experimenting for things with things that I like, you know. I'm, I'm changing like the guy who writes now is different and the show is different and the actors are different and the characters are different. Like I grow as a writer and they grow as characters and they grow as actors. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's interesting that that like so much of it when I go back and look at it, I'm like, Oh yeah, look, here's me. Here's me writing with a newborn. Here's me writing with, with the pandemic happening. and, And my kid is just turning one. Here's, you know, like, and and to think that all of you guys know me and that and that, like my goal from the very beginning. God, this is the longest answer of all time, and I'm really sorry. But the uh, my goal from day one of the first writers room of Loradex was, I said, listen, I love the original animated series, and it kills me when people talk about their favorite Star Trek's and they don't even put it on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't even include it. And I remember telling the writers, no matter what we do here. I think it's a massive win if when people are talking about Star Trek, they mention lower decks at all. You know, like if we've done our job right, it will be something that wasn't a disposable knock on a franchise. It wasn't like a, it wasn't an asterisk. It wasn't like a thing that people saw and then were like, eh, okay, they made some Star Trek jokes. And I think that's for me what was important as a comedy writer especially one at the beginning of my career was like, I'm going to get to make star Trek, you know, like this has to have, this has to be surprisingly and the network. Wasn't asking for this, but like, this has to be a full ass star Trek and it has to be a comedy all at the same time. And I think I, hopefully you saying that everybody here that I need no introduction is like that, that, that we accomplished that.
2: I mean, like it's, it's me like I, I, I'm i smiling like I'm smiling, going, oh, cute. He didn't think it would take off. It's like amazing. But <laughs> at the same time, like so, because you're sitting there like what we get is all of the work's gone in. All of the deliverables, deliverables have been met. You like we're seeing it post animation, post all of, you know, pulling out hair and this didn't work and that we've seen it after all that. So we get the benefit of brilliantly hilarious episodes dropping week by week. This is amazing. What we don't get is these stomach ulcers of stress of will this go well? And, you know, kind of will people leak my address online if this goes by? Um, So when I say everyone knows you, generally, I'm thinking from a good thing. I don't think the ninjas are coming after you just yet. Uh, Well,
1: hopefully not. I mean, luckily, I'm one of you guys, too. Like, it's I mean, I'm older than you, I assume, too, because like I I remember like, you know, I was watching when TNG was airing and just all throughout my creative life, like when I was an assistant or, you know, no matter what I was doing, I would occasionally find somebody who also loved Star Trek. And it was always a surprise. And it was like, oh, thank God I'm friends. I know I'm friends with this person. You know what I mean? Like even finding somebody who knows who Worf is at all, it's like a sigh of relief because it's like, oh, I know how to, I know how to talk to this person, you know? And, you know, it's, Making a Star Trek is weird because it's changed my relationship with Star Trek a little bit. Because sure. now it's work and now I've got characters that I put into it. But like I just I just re-watched all of Lower Decks with my nine-year-old who uh it's his first Star Trek, and he is now a massive Star Trek fan because of it. And I was like, all right, this is worth it. This is cool.
2: <laughs> like this like that that's so cool because like you know, if we're talking about Lower Decks and Shorthands, generally what we'll say is like this is like a gift to fans like this is you know if you've been a fan forever there's so much in that but it stands on its own like it's not just constant oh sure like oh we're we're, we're gonna talk about how difficult you make my life with the easter eggs and i say that with love um but like it's not it's not hinging on that it's not like you won't get the episode if you didn't know that you know gary mitchell uh, was imbued with powers in that episode uh, and that's why I think it works. So I, I love the fact that you know your your nine year old is like, "This is amazing! This is fantastic! I'm really enjoying this." And then you've got the people like me who are like, you know, with a your notepad going, "All right, what else is in that museum?" Um, you know,
1: and it's so funny. Like the Easter eggs, I think in some shows you put in Easter eggs because it's like, it's like saying, "Hey, this is this is the this is the geek tax we have to pay, but we would rather be doing a show without any of this." And for me, mm-hmm. it's I love. I love when Zephyr and Cochran gets mentioned in different Star Trek shows. I love when Kirk or Scotty gets mentioned or when they pull Scotty out of a Dyson sphere. I loved an enterprise where they did the, 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 the mirror universe version of the Vulcans first. Like, I like the feeling there's very few franchises. There's Marvel, there's DC. Right. And mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> Star Wars is sort of starting to build that too. But like, but Star Trek always had it. The feeling of not only is this a shared, a shared universe bigger than just one show, but it incorporates movies, it incorporates books and comics and video games, and that there's a thoughtfulness to it that if you see some of it, you'll like it. But if you've seen all of it, it's a little bit more special, you know? And That's- I feel like people don't give Enterprise enough credit for deconstructing a lot of that and being like, oh, what if TOS did have enough budget to use uh, 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 shuttles landing on every planet instead of the transporter, right? Like, what if we didn't have the transporter, really? And what if we had grapplers? And what if we didn't have shields? And, like, the thing I love about Enterprise is you have to know Star Trek so well that you can say what they don't have and make it meaningful, you know, like rubbing that disinfectant goo on each other. Like, I know it's easy to make fun of, but like, well,
2: you, you mean. yeah, I
1: really love something to be able to mess with it like that. And I really, Voyager does the same thing. It's all the same reason I love the show Stargate Atlantis. To do to do Stargate Atlantis after 11 seasons and a movie, like, it's, it's really hard and, and you find really weird stuff, which I love,
2: you know? It, it it's it's gas and like like one of the one of the best gags in Lower Deck still today is the Cerritos rocking up to the Battle of the Borg and it turns right around and leaves.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, I love that. I, re- I remember it tells the audience what the show is, right? Like
2: <laughs> I, and it was cause it's such a it's so, cause every time you see because we're always following the, the hero ship was generally a variation of the word enterprise. And you know, it's and it's first through the charge and everything. Cause I remember the genuine shock. In the in the comments and everything where people was like, but but they
1: left. They, but they left. And I'm like, of course they did. They're an engineering ship. Yeah. They didn't get did the hell out of there. You know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> They're the support craft engineering ship you didn't know existed before this show. They marked it and they turned around and they called it into the big guys
2: and they left. And and now and, and now we have, you know, kind of uh, I I have to I have to keep, I know like there's gonna be so many things I'll say that you like you'll have know, heard the 100 before. uh you gave us the Titan mate thank oh, you
1: so pretty i oh. mean that design you know i it's funny little things like that like things that feel like in the fandom we always believed them to be fully canonized you know stuff like that um taking taking things like that and then lifting them up and then that's also akin to like oh the pack leads, like the like i i spent years because you you whippersnappers have you know <laughs> digital streaming and dvds and before it had to be like oh what VHS does the place have, you know, like, and I remember seeing Samaritan snare and then being for years, not seeing it. I just didn't catch a rerun and being like, did I imagine that episode? You know? So like the, like, did they, were there really dumb aliens that stole Jordy? Like it was like really stuck out for me. And, and, and the same thing with exocomps is like, that's what you see in, in, in lower decks. It's almost like, the things I loved when I was younger, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to make that a bigger deal now. It's everybody's problem.
2: <laughs> I I I I love I I love that you have brought up Peanut Hamper. She's the character I love to hate. I love um, she's to hate
1: her. Crooked because she's not Starfleet. She doesn't feel Starfleet. She's like even worse than Fletcher, the character we had first season. Um, and it's rare that I that I will. There's been like three or four bad Starfleet officers. You can be bad mm. if you're an admiral and you get away with it for some reason. You sort of expected
2: like, it at this point, isn't it? Yeah.
1: But if you're mid-level, you know, if you're like the, uh, the guy that they encounter season one, when they, uh, when they go onto the other ship and he's like trying to trick them into, cause he, he doesn't want to be part of like epic adventures anymore. Uh, Tanya and Rutherford, like he's a bad officer. You saw another one with Fletcher, uh, peanut hamper a bad officer, like very rare to see bad officers in, Lower decks, unless they're admirals.
2: Uh, um, I love. But when Bu- we go has just kept the beautiful trend of the bad and roll going. um <laughs> And it's 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 one of these. I like I like the turn on the theme that they've done in Discovery. That Vance, you're waiting the whole season. like, oh, he's actually a good guy. Okay, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You've mentioned it, but like, really, really, like how like this being such a dream come true for you. How long until you went? Oh, shit, this is happening.
1: Oh, I'm still doing that. Like (laughs) every season we get feels so lucky. And I'm like, you know, when you're writing a show, you do that thing for a season where you're like, I really want to do this episode, but we can't, we only have 10 episodes for a season. It wouldn't make any sense to do this soon, you know? Mm. And uh, like on Rick and Morty, I remember like first season, we, we really wanted uh, Rick to be dating a Borg and the entire hive mind. And we couldn't get it yep. into first season, and then second season he does. It's it's not quite a Borg, but it is a hive mind, and those end up being my favorite episodes because it's like oh, it's like you held the treat off, and now I've done that enough. Where like we're getting into seasons where I'm like oh, I finally get to do this crazy thing that I like the caves episode. Like I wanted to oh. do a caves episode from first season, and now I'm like you know what, let's do it. You know.
2: I love that actually because we 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 had gas crack going through that one because it because it, it forces you to think. We do spend an awful lot of time in caves in Star Trek, don't we? <laughs> like, you know, like, and, it, and it's just, and yeah. it's a Because one of the things, and I'm sure this has been said to you before, is that what perhaps we weren't expecting, particularly season one onwards, is you weren't expecting to feel as intensely as you do watching, like I yeah. seeing the, the big guy standing behind you there, Lena, that got me in no small parts.
1: I know, I know, it is rough. And then everybody was so mad when I brought him back But I knew I was gonna be doing that. Like it's such a Tasha Yar to do. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes people get mad at that stuff. And I'm like, guys, this is this is a love letter to a thing that can be ridiculous. So sometimes it's going to be ridiculous. But but it's saying that the ridiculous is part of what makes it lovable. You know what I mean? Like I love that part of Star Trek. So like, why would we bury it? That's that's good stuff, you know?
2: Because the franchise is inherently ridiculous. Of course, it's very serious and deals are very serious topics. Sure. But it is ridiculous. We push a button and suddenly I'm on the other side of the planet or, you know, we're we're traveling faster than light, night or, you know, these people, uh, you know, who are clearly socks on someone's hand are actually, you know, this...
1: That easy... stuff doesn't bother me, though. That stuff, like, as long as they don't break their own rules of how far you can transport. And if you're in a movie, you can do whatever you want, right? But, like, you know, the sci-fi of it all, I'm all hooked into... The ridiculous stuff is like, you know, Riker wearing that open chested, like shimmering outfit and like cosplay goals. Something that drives me nuts about Star Trek is when somebody talks to like they're so close to each other because of the framing. Right. And they'll have an intense scene and then somebody leaves. And I love how long the remaining person will stare at the open door or even the closed door with like the music cue. It's so Star Trek and funny to me. And I've never quite captured that in Lower Decks. And I think a lot of the reason people feel on Lower Decks is Chris Westlake's music. You know, like we mm-hmm. really bring it with the music department and it makes scenes that like, he once told me about not to switch to Star Wars hard, but he was once like, we were sharing a whiskey or hanging out. And cause I've known Chris since he was one of the first people I met when I moved to LA and I been wanting to work with him forever. But he was once like, he's the only guy I know who can kind of do John Williams, like what John Williams does. Like, it's gotcha. changing every one minute. Like, you know, and I think Lower X has a, a, an episode of Lower X has almost as much music as like a season of Discovery. <laughs> it's yeah, how many cues. Like, it's very crazy. But he once said that the reason people like The Force is because of John Williams. Because without John Williams' music, it's just a guy holding his hand up. Right? But when that score comes in, you start to feel something. And that's Chris's job on Lower X is... I'm in charge of making people laugh and he's in charge of making people feel. And then Tani and Jack and Eugene and Noel, they're like right in the middle of all of that, you know? And so anytime you're feeling something on Lord X, really listen to the music because that's our secret weapon.
2: I know this is a really obvious choice to go with, but that first uh holodeck episode. And I mean it's just like the complete and obvious evocation of the Horner score. And yet it works so perfectly within the lower decks context of it as well. It's like this is just just time and time again, you're just smashing it.
1: And and the lower deck's theme itself is brilliant. Uh, it's so good. He did you know there were two themes originally and Ooh. uh one was a little bit more nautical and we gave both to Alex because Alex is so smart with music. And he picked the one we used at, and, and I totally like that was the one I was hoping he would pick, you know. Um, and uh, and yeah, Chris has done some amazing stuff. There's there's a story about the theme that I think I have to like write down and wait until I'm dead to have it like unleashed because it's so funny. But uh, but I I, um, um, I can't unleash it in the world someday, someday when I'm really get, get a couple drinks of me and maybe I'll maybe I'll talk about it. That's
2: quite like, you know. I'd love to be able to just like, you know, push a button now and just beside you, like, you know, it kind of lights up a little bit. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Swafford whiskey. That'll do quite nice. Thank you very much. Yeah.
1: I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
2: Like obviously, you know, I'm 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 very conscious of time and thank you very much. But like obviously I want like I'd love to go. Oh, what's happening in season five? But at the same time, don't because I want to find out with everybody else anyway. I don't know you can't, but but still. Um I mean,
1: season five is great. I can tell you a little bit, and we can go a little bit long. I, I, I made you wait a little bit. So I think I can go I'm to sorry. like eleven forty.
2: Um oh, you're, you're very good. Thank you very much. Yeah.
1: Of course, of course. The uh um season five is awesome. Uh we're working on it right now. Uh I can tell you there's some really cool stuff on Orion, you know, that last, that last shot of Tendi being forced to go home, but then owning it and being mm. like, you know, I've got this, like, I love Tendi. I love the stuff we do with her on Orion with, with, that's all I'll say about that. And then, um, I think fans of the original animated series will love what we're doing on Orion. Um, We've got some amazing cameos. I think we really outdid ourselves this season, like stuff nobody could expect, stuff that was very difficult to lock everybody into. Um, and involved me like writing personal letters and calling in favors. Um, and this is this is me saying that after how hard it was to track down uh Shannon Phil, who I love.
2: Well, I w- I was going to say, I mean did you- after how many years she came out to do this one scene? That's incredible.
1: Well, I did it because Sean. Now I've since I've been catching up on your reviews. Now I know you don't think I earned Mariner's backstory here, so I guess you'll have to you'll have to live with me knowing how cruel and wretched you were to me. But,
2: I have right now cut a hole in my floor because I couldn't have the floor open up and swallow <laughs> me. So I'm actually just gonna just gonna just gonna dive in.
1: Um, yeah, it's- it's one of those things where like I knew that was a big ask from everybody, especially because like it so ties a character from a new series intrinsically to another one. But like there was a lot of stuff about Mariner I'd always known that I had never been sure I was ever gonna say, and it was just gonna pepper how I wrote it. Because like, you don't want to jump the shark by giving too much backstory. And that was something we were always aware of on Rick and Morty too, is like, how much do you wanna even know about Rick? But because then it 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 removes the ability to like find out things organically as you're going but you know the at the end of the day like you can only be so precious and you know what if we stopped making the show and i hadn't done it so i was like you know what maybe this is going to feel unheard to some people but like the show is called lower decks it's inspired by this the timeline all works out it's something i've always thought about so like like her mariner being affected by the dominion war was the most important thing to me you know what i mean like that's A thing I wish we explored more in our shows—the, um, you know, maybe the animated comedy isn't the perfect place to do it, but the, you know.
2: Well, I mean, I the Dominion War never happened, and the changing don't exist.
1: Well, it's all an inside job. You know what I mean? So, like. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and Lieutenant Levy. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I mean, season five is going to be awesome. We've got some amazing, amazing stuff happening. We've got some really funny episodes that are inspired by other episodes in Trek. We've got some wholly new stuff that you guys aren't going to see coming um we've changed the format of the show again because we we never do the same thing twice so there isn't a season-long big bad you know what i mean like we we, we self-contained that and uh trying to think of i have the list of all the episodes right behind the computer here oh oh man we go we go to a place that i've been wanting to go to in the show it's so fun yeah i'm not going to give you more because you're going to enjoy seeing it come out yeah, it's, a great, now, it's really fun. We're,
2: we're going to spend the next few months just kind of going, right, okay, let's, you know, because eventually we'll get a trailer, hopefully. Do you know Q4, Q, Q1, Q2? Do you know? Do you I don't know. know. Yet?
1: All I know is that for you guys to have a trailer, we have to have color cuts coming in to cut up.
2: Right, trailer, okay. Got-
1: and uh, I have not seen a color cut yet. So we're like, we're a little bit away from that. Um, okay. I also like, you guys are such you know, detectives that when we put anything out in a trailer, you piece too much together. And then I'm like always fighting this battle of like, do we advertise the show or do we hide it? And the answer is we advertise it. You know what I mean? But like, I literally changed stuff in the trailer that if you compare trailer shots, I have the artist remove stuff. Like I removed all the pips from the first, from the trailer last year. So that nobody I think would it and you wrong, figured it out anyway.
2: Did he remove shacks from one trailer? For I think it was must have been for season two or it am I did,
1: But then he got left in a crowd shot by accident. So like they caught him nah. and uh we removed all the pips, but then they put out um a preview of the uh the ship guide that had the double pips in it uh before the and so it's a it's a it's tough. And then you know if Frank's gets anywhere near us, he's gonna tattle about everything too. <laughs> <I> can- <laughs> but no, I mean at the end of the day. What am I going to get mad about that? Everybody's excited. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not the biggest deal. I just like you to be surprised when it comes out. You know,
2: I think that's it because I love like, like uh, eye excretus, right. Uh, And I remember like sitting, my my room was basically mirrored in that way. There's, There's a TV screen hidden behind there. And that was on the TV screen. And I nearly jumped forward so hard that i put my head through the screen when Alice creek started speaking cuz obviously did not know oh, that was going to happen crazy
1: i know oh. no, this is awesome too she's so funny she totally got it um little decisions like that are so silly to like for an animated show to have to go that hard but like again this is a show for me not for you guys so like
2: i'm just and, and as long as you keep thinking it that way we'll be grateful because this is
1: what we got yeah exactly nobody was like we have to track down shannon phil except for me and the rest of the show you know what i mean which by the way she has to come to some fan events because she is truly oh. the nicest coolest person in the world like i i can't get enough of her i I
2: want like you know give me a spin-off movie where you have you know all of the nobody no death characters Right. Uh, oh, yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. Cito and I maintain Ro'Laron is still in that camp. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. nobody, no death, you know. And then we get a spin-off movie where they're just like, blind fighting team, possibly Section 31. Oh, that's fine with me. You Maybe know? they're
1: all Bajoran, you know. Like, they don't like they seem to get
2: it tough, don't they? They do a bit. Uh, and, and and Shaxx can be our like our, our crossover character.
1: Every species should get its own show. We should just get like a 10 episode Trill show, a 10 episode Andorian show like Mm. just like stick on one planet and give us the entire thing for each character. You know what I mean? And then do a movie where they all come together. I don't know. That's, that's somebody else can figure that out. You,
2: you, you seem to love working on about 27 shows at the same time. So do you want to pitch this, you and me, we'll, we'll, we'll pitch this now and run this show.
1: I'll tell you the Trek guys, I've pitched so many shows to them. I, I was like, so in my head about a, uh, a post, a post eugenics war pre, um, Star Trek first contact Star Trek show that takes place on earth about a group of scientists that are exploring earth to try to put together scientists to create the foundations of what would eventually become the Federation, you know? So it would be like exploring the remains of the world. And that my big idea was we don't even tell people at Star Trek till the end of the first episode, like have people realize that as they're seeing this post-apocalyptic show, you know, but That you treat finding little encampments of people like going to planets in star trek and everybody was like go away (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about i was like all right oh my god (laughs) um but yeah there's lots of great stuff look i only need one star trek show like they're hard enough to make as they are there's Mm -hmm. so many other brilliant people making them i love at the end of the day I, i would love more star trek for me to get to watch like i love strange new worlds um I don't know. Anyway, now I'm just rambling about Star Trek.
2: I love, uh, because I have to, here's the series interview question. What is the biggest challenge that you faced in, um, as much as you can talk about, including season five, but just like, what is the biggest challenge?
1: I think, I mean, it's a boring answer, I guess, because Jack Quaid once told me that his mom told him, when people are interviewing you, talk about how much fun it is to make. Don't talk about the process. You know what I mean? Um, I I think he's right, but the... I think the toughest thing is the sheer amount of work it takes and thought it takes to making it feel like it takes place in the 2380s, like uh-huh. in Star Trek. So like, you know, <clears throat> not only do we have to to make sure that, you know, the the timeline is right, but we also have to like, there's a lot of rules about like when you're writing a comedy, it's usually no rules and there's lots and lots of rules, but that's part of what's special about this, you know? And I was, you know, like I was up the other night reading and I just stopped and I was like, wait, I made a replicator make a bonsai tree once. I, they don't, they can't do that. Fuck. You know what I mean? And then I was like, wait, can they do that? Oh man, I don't think they can, you know, but like I started to like rash, this is like two in the morning and I started, and then, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a little bit stuff like that i'm sure there's somebody watching this being like no actually they can because in this one episode that made seeds and da, 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 you know but the, a, you know <laughs> but but uh you know it's it's containing all of star trek in your mind in the minds of the artists in the minds of the producers in the minds of the actors and you know like when you guys are seeing it we've had hours long conversations about what what type of phaser sound versus what type of disruptor sound would this species have that we haven't seen in a while? Or is this the right, I remember once somebody, I needed somebody to throw a pad on the ground. It was in, um, it was in the beginning of the, uh, uh, um, the first uh, holodeck movie episode, first season Mariner throws a pad on the ground, when she's getting in a fight with her mom on the rat lizard planet. And the sound that the pad makes when it hits the ground was a huge conversation of like, Is it glass? Is it metal? Is it plastic? Like, like there's all these things that you have to keep in your mind that like it's it's where do we place the camera in the hallway that this feels Star Trek? It's do these uniforms make sense? Are the ranking pips right? Are the colors right when they when they encounter this other ship? Like, where is that? Is the registry right? Like, you know, there are so many things that just as a fan of everything, it's like I'll be in a meeting and I'm like, look, I don't know why that's wrong, but I have to redline that. I don't know why. And then they'll look it up and they're like, Oh yeah, we found in one episode, this, we, th- this thing isn't a Federation thing. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I start getting into like, Oh, like exocomps. I love exocomps, but then they use the exocomp prop for other stuff. So then I started getting deep into yeah. like what other props when we're, cause we draw every prop. You just don't go into the bin and then redress it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, Finding finding a Federation chainsaw in an Enterprise episode was so lucky for me. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many things and, and reusing props and like getting to do deep cut jokes that might only work for 10 people in the world, like the Billups tubes, you know, and the Tucker tubes. Like the hard thing about this show is like you have to come up with an emotional story that is funny, that really lets the actors have fun, that also has Star Trek stakes, that doesn't overshadow the comedy of it, while also... Building with a giant team of artists and sound designers and editors and musicians and everything, this this worldscape that fits into the era that it's in, for you know uh, an entire lower deck season costs the same as one episode of one of the live action shows, yeah. and I believe we cost each episode costs about half of what a prodigy episode costs. So like we are the thrifty we are the thrifty show. So. Every dollar goes on screen, but more important than the money is the thought, right? Like, and then it has to feel effortless. Like, when you're watching it, you have to not even, like, I don't need you to notice that the door whoosh in sick bay versus the door whoosh in the shuttle bay sound different, but they both sound right because if they didn't, it would take you out of it, right? So, like, We're not even getting gold medals for doing all this stuff. All we're doing is allowing you to laugh or feel or pay attention to the story when we're doing it right. So like, it's an immense amount of work to not take you out of it. You know what I mean? And that's the hardest part, but it's also the most rewarding, it's just hard.
2: Joel, I I wanna give you a props or something because I've literally had on, say we do ups and downs videos and we will get, you missed the fact that that's the same door chirp from first contact. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and I just I'm like you know okay it's fine but people and it's people do pick up on that and it is it's, it's, it's a testament easter to
1: easter eggs though it's just because we're a comedy animated show it's incumbent on us to be the most Star Trek ever so that you can actually laugh at the jokes and you don't feel like we're doing like you know skits at camp where things are cardboard and we didn't think it out
2: I love that see now I want to see the uh, Lower Decks at Camp episode uh, <laughs> I uh, need it I, I would love that. Um, I okay, so I, I'm going to bring you a couple of couple of really quick things to finish up. First, yeah, I want to say the 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 line. it looks exactly like Tom Paris. No, I don't see it. <laughs> gold.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Gold. That's ha- it. Was like a hacky silly moment, but it was impossible to not do. And you know what? Oh, I'll really could- give it to that line. Could have been lame, but but Jack and Eugene, like they land it. They're so funny.
2: I think it's because Jack does the whole no. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. He's the one that's always the biggest. Like, no, I don't know Absolutely yeah. brilliant. brilliant. Um. So I have been repeat. I was repeatedly called out about this, and I, I own this up. Well done getting Gene Hajar in there. Yes, right? it may have been a silent well, cameo, but I absolutely in your did defense,
1: miss it. Late, late edition. Because I was like, I was watching a color cut, which is way late. And I remember calling producer Brad Winters and I was like, I made a mistake. We should have put Jean in this scene because it was too cluttered. It was like too many people on the bridge and Mariners running up. And there's so many things to catch the eye. And Brad was like, totally agree. Let's put her waving goodbye running off so she doesn't clutter up. And I was like, that'll do it for me. And I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to notice. And he was like, it's just even if you've thought of it, it's worth doing. You know,
2: Yeah, actually, that's a really good way of putting it the uh so on behalf of myself and chris um ouch on behalf of our hearts for the takei cameo
1: dude i mean talk about the heart of track and like just so funny he came in talking crap about shatner and like really meant it you know what i mean just like you know in the way that you'd want and like so fun to record with just a pro he's done a lot of vo so like it wasn't his first rodeo but like getting to do that with him and getting him to say brad because i'm a big howard stern fan too and he talks about his husband brad on there a lot so like bradward boimler perfect thing to be like oh brad you know and uh the horse is gonna bite you now (laughs) just what a ridiculous ridiculous i
2: want that on a (laughs) t-shirt like
1: (laughs) me too um,
2: and I, 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 I suppose look, I, I could sit here asking you questions all day. Uh, um, go,
1: go, go, go fast, give
2: me what you oh, got. Right, cool. um, okay. yeah. um, right, so yeah, I want models of the Abina class, I want all of these ships that you've introduced, oh, they're good. amazing. Yeah. I think actually the Abina class is gorgeous. Um,
1: gorgeous. But, uh, I want all those different variations with the different hull paintings of all the different California classes, and you know, I want the uh. I want them to make that model of when we remove the hull of the, mm-hmm. the Cerritos, you know, like I love that look.
2: I think touch awards, everything going well. Cause I know licenses have gone to another person. So maybe, you know, maybe. so fingers crossed. I, um,
1: I know. I would love that. I think, you know, there's not a lot of lower decks merch. Cause we're in a weird, we're in a weird moment. There's not a lot of merch for anything. You know, you'd have to be like one of the multi, multi-billion dollar big things. And even they aren't selling as much, you know, but, uh, Every little bit of Lower Decks merch, I love. I see your plate in the background. I love my ships. I love, you know. I've got, I've got the uh, little shuttle right that here. That is gorgeous. It looks uh, awesome. I just love having this stuff.
2: It re- that really actually came out well. I have it. I I do have the Cerritos is in the other room down there. I have the uh, Titan and the Vancouver are there as well. You know, over uh, absolutely it. I'm loving it. Um, if there was. So one thing you'd love to do, you haven't had a chance yet, you'd love to do season nine, you know, yeah. what, 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 what what would you love to put in and how can I feature in
1: it? For me, my dream is that we get to do a lower decks movie that actually goes in theaters that like blows you guys away. Like that's the experience. We've done amazing episodes and I have a lot more episodes in me that I really want to do. And one thing that is like, oh man, how could we ever get away with that? Like, not just make a lower-decks movie, but like, re- like a f- like a cinema release, mm. big deal, crazy movie that's hilarious. I would love to do that, and I would also love to do like either a movie or a miniseries that's lower-decks live action and just use everybody from the show in it. I love, I love our cast. I think, I think we could do it really easily, and. I just think people would love it. You know, those those are the two big things.
2: Did you model the characters after the cast? Because they're so close to each other.
1: Do you, do you no, know what I mean? Not really. No. Like, you know, we do we make sure that what the casts like ethnic or 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 you know, whatever their nationality is or whatever their, their racial makeup is, we like to make sure that the character designs reflect that so that we are celebrating it and so that people might see you know, characters on screen that represent them they might not see otherwise. And and we look at that when we're casting people as well, you know, um, but, but if, you know, like it's, we kind of lucked out a little bit, you know what I mean? Like Boimler, you know, has purple hair and, you know, it's, I, I think there's something to be said about Tani and Jack are just so, their screen presence is so amazing that they, they really embodied those characters and like, they don't have to look exactly like those designs. They were those characters, you know? And so, yeah, they look a little bit like them, but like, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's like, like, could Noelle make you believe that you're watching Tendy? Like, absolutely. You know, yeah. Eugene as well. And I think that, uh, I think just getting to see them like, dressing Paul F. Tompkins up as a bird would be awesome like <laughs> you know putting putting Paul Shear in a mustache like I just think it would be you know it would be something really ridiculous and funny we just have to figure out a great story for it you know
2: um, I mean I've, there, there's no doubt in my head that the, if there's no doubt in my head that you'll find the story um and look touch wood I know these things are always up in the air but I don't I don't get the impression Lower is going anywhere anytime soon um, I think. I, um, yeah.
1: I mean, we're doing a season five right now, but you know, you just got to appreciate the things while you got them. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and hopefully, I, I look animated comedy. I could do forever. I, I could definitely do more seasons of this show, but like, you know, the industry is crazy right now. So like, we should just appreciate what we got, and and you know, hopefully, if anything happens, like Futurama came back so many times. Like, let's just hope that kind of stuff happens to us. But like, most importantly, like. We've got an amazing season five coming up. You've got you've got four amazing seasons that are already out there. More people are finding it all the time, and and you know that feels great. Like I'm really proud of what we've done. I'm really proud of what's coming.
2: I'm 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 so I can't wait. I can't wait as well to watch our next video. You know, ten best characters with unearned backstories,
1: and uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I got to know given... all the backstories. I love <laughs> yeah. that you were like, why hasn't she ever mentioned her before? And I'm like. What the fuck oh. she just mentioned her? <laughs> like, the first time she mentioned her, you wouldn't have liked that either.
2: I love I that's as well. I, I could nearly see, um, you know, the Klingons-, the Klingons reaction. is kind of like you, me giving out about that. And then you'd be like, sh- 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 shut up. This is just unreal. Shut up, because your complaints. Like, you know, and that's fair. <laughs> um,
1: that's um, everybody's, no, I'm- allowed to- everybody's allowed to feel however they want. But if you don't like the Peanut Hammer standalone episode, then I don't know what to tell you. It's a great episode. So... <laughs> you have to just things were going so have to well up a little bit and revisit it in the future all right sorry uh, everybody
2: and that do you know what that is fair yeah that's fair. Uh, and in <laughs> fact and in fact just to prove that I will mhm
1: yeah that looks awesome so you know, it's so funny to, here i uh, we have to wrap up in a sec but i'll tell you that sure, it's like lower decks the original episode right in tng mm-hmm. is what leads to lower decks you know inspires the series And then that is what inspires the standalone holodeck movie first season. That's what inspires Wage Douge. That's what inspires the Peanut Hamper episode. Like that's what inspires Caves is every year I try to honor the feeling of let's break format. Let's do something new. Let's do something, you know, let's do something a little more sketch based. That's where you get the trial episode I love. Like, you know, and it's just so funny where I'm like, oh, what a gift. What a gift for like a whole... A whole Dances with Wolves with Peanut Hamper, a, a nasty, non-emoting, uh, 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 a nasty, non-emoting exocom is something that shouldn't exist in this world. But because we get to make this show and because Star Trek fans have seen everything like this is like the most classic thing. And man, there's a lot of people who love it and a lot of people who hate it. It's really interesting. But I believe with the test of time, you'll love her hooking up with that that birdman all right so just let it let it slowly seep into your subconscious
2: and one of the reasons I'm so happy for you for the fact that the show exists is that that is a sentence that actually makes sense in the context <laughs> of this, yes. this conversation so I I, I love that well, Sean, um, thank
1: you for constantly you know like look I know you you're working year round too and like you know it's you're you've got a, I know you don't have a huge army of people behind you but I do appreciate all the kind words you've said about the show. And like, you know, it really is the fandom that spreads the word about this stuff. Like we're not airing on, you know, on CBS to to 13 million people. But like, I I love our Lower Decks family. I love our fandom. I love seeing the art. I love people talking about it. I love I love seeing people just be, you know, constantly surprised with what we're doing. And I can't wait for you all to see season five.
2: we We're So thank you so much for that. Like, we are so excited. Um, And like thank you for thanks for i hope watching the ups and downs with with the with a you know a bit of a, an know okay like you know as opposed to i'm gonna get this guy I'm gonna have him fu- uh but oh, I appreciate it thank you so much you are such a gentleman and a hero and I mean it when i say I, I know I know you know this well I am so excited for season five I really am you
1: should be it's really good it looks beautiful there's amazing stuff in it I can't wait for you to see it
2: uh, I know it's going to be awesome. And uh, I, I can't wait for all of the backstories. And I mean it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will have another. Uh, oh, I used to go to college with Alexander.
2: <laughs> Is he at least, it, d- does he exist? Because he doesn't by the, by the late 24, by the uh, 24th. That's,
1: that's Picard problems, man. I don't touch that, you know. <laughs> You'll have to leave that up to the Picard guys to explain that one. <laughs>
2: like you know ah oh, i am Worf of no family
1: mm. in defense, he did act like that when alexander was like in the room on the-
2: <laughs> you're right it is consistent so i'll give you that i'll give you that one sure
1: <laughs> yeah uh, well, uh,
2: thank you so much
1: Worf, who was adopted you'd think he would worry about that a little bit more but anyway leave that up to the card it was nice talking <laughs> to you Chuck.
2: likewise have a great day thank you so much again